this is Grant Harrison from the Water Boys here with Tyler Newsom. Tyler, what about the water? Now that's some high quality H2O right there. Episode 11 coming at you. First of all, welcome back, Jenny. Hello. Good to see you. Yeah. I missed you. Been a long week. Yeah, long week indeed. Anyway, we got some baseball to talk about. Not what you'd expect in November, but Blue Jays just made a massive trade. Yeah, Teo sent to the team that put us out. Teoscar Hernandez goes to Seattle in exchange for reliever Eric Swanson and a minor league pitcher. Now, the number eight overall prospect from Seattle. And they're paying, and he was in the Blue Jays' future games a few years back. But no, he's a guy that is a shoot low, possibly very high reward, depending on how he comes out. But Eric Swanson, they had a bit to their bullpen that they needed. A guy who's got an elite season, his best season coming off in uh, Seattle. High strikeout percentage, like he had 70 Ks throughout this year, 170 ERA. So they got a reliever that's definitely going to help them out. But uh, do you like losing to Oscar? No. No? No. He's going into a contract year, too. Yeah. So well, you could have gambled on him going into a contract year and having a big season. Yes. Um, but who fills the role that Teoscar is now gone? Do you go after Cody Bellinger? I, as soon as I saw that he got non-tendered, I was like, he'd be, he's got the vibes that would fit in perfectly with the Blue Jays team. Hopefully. Well, MLB free agency is so odd that, and especially this year, we're seeing even rumors of Aaron Judge going to the Mets. Wow. You know, like the Dodgers also, like... You're going to see crazy stuff like this. So, my advice to you Blue Jays fans, both of you, just give up. Pick a different team. Like, (laughs) you guys are going to suck now. (laughs) What about your Cubs? (laughs) Hey, I'm a diehard. (laughs) (laughs) Exact same thing here. Okay. I literally wore a Blue Jays jersey every episode of this podcast. Where is it today? <laughs> exactly. I don't just shudder, man. you got to rep the aisles now. It's hockey season. But, the, no, free agency is looking pretty good. There's a lot of big names out there. And like you said, it's wild. Like yeah. We got rumors of guys signing for $45 million for one year. This yeah. is why I love no salary cap. Because yeah. you see some great players go to some odd places. There's just no rules. Just I mean, I love it. Forty for half Trey, a Trey Turner was uh, yeah. or Seattle apparently checked in on Trey, Trey Turner. He wants to go to Philly. Uh, yeah, well, that would make the most sense for both teams. Yeah, or for both uh, parties. Yeah. Um, now, I want to go back to Cody Bellinger because this is like an MLB who was an MLB MVP. At one point, and his second or first year in the league, I think it was mm-hmm. his first full year in the league, and then he kind of went down a hill and, and never came back out of it yet. Um, so he's a left-handed bat. Which is, is he worth it? If they can't get Brandon Nimmo, I think Cody Bellinger is your next best. I best. I would like them to sign Cody Bellinger, but I don't know if he's worth it. Like, oh, do well, you take the chance on him if you can't? Basically, he's a second option right now. I think. That's what I mean. If they can't get Brandon Nimmo, they're going for Cody Ballinger. The only downside right now with Nimmo, he gets on base, which is beautiful. He doesn't strike out a lot, which is also what the Jays need. That checks two boxes. The only iffy thing about him is he's injured for about 25% of the season. Yeah. Yeah, which is something the Jays already don't need in the outfield with how George Springer's years years ago. And 
I think another thing is that the Dodgers don't get Aaron Judge, which they are making a big run for him because they cleared up a hundred million dollars in cat and payroll. So look out, Aaron Judge. They're gonna offer you a big contract. I hope you turn it down, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't want to spend too long on baseball because, like we said, it's November and we just saw a wicked football game. I, I think Juddy. Loved it. I wasn't a fan of it. It of was just ten three, man. Your Patriots won. Congratulations. But I it was mean, just 10-3. it was lower than Super Bowl fifty three scoring, which was thirteen to three. Yeah, I didn't say that was a good game, but I didn't say <laughs> this was good either. But you were going nuts. <laughs> I wasn't going nuts. No. You weren't going nuts. Our no, neighbors probably called the cops. <laughs> I wasn't going nuts until. Nine seconds left in the fourth quarter. Oh, you were going nuts long before then. Well, nuts isn't mad. <laughs> yeah. Because we punted the ball, I don't know how many times. Uh, I think it was eight in total. Us uh, and the Jets, yeah, ten. The Jets had more punts than they had offensive yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was just rough to begin with. That's a rough game. Mm. Now, my, my beloved Patriots, though, in a must-win situ- uh, situation... Where the division is so tight. I mean, if the Jets won, they were going to first place in the division. If they lost, which they did, they go to last place in the division. So that's how big yeah. of a swing it was, this game. But with nine seconds left, it's tied 3-3. Jets punt us the ball. Our rookie, uh, Jones, in the backfield, gets the ball, hits a few blocks, and takes her to the house for a house call. With five seconds left in the game, and I can't believe it. The first punt return touchdown in the NFL this year. Yeah. And it comes in a, and it ends probably the most garbage offensive game in the NFL this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I don't think it was a bad offensive game. I think it was a great defensive game. Yeah, it was. That being said, Justin, Justin, you're not safe yet. Well, just before you go on to your next point, 10 sacks in the game, so... Yeah. To allude to your great defensive game, yes, it was great. Yeah. I think the reason the defensive game was so great was because the offensive line just took a day off for both teams. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm saying yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Neither team has an elite quarterback, and when you don't have an elite quarterback who can't turn, like, can't make Patty Mahomes plays, can't make Josh Allen plays. Just hold on. you hold end up with that second. kind of a crapper of a game. When he you don't was have 22 for 26 today. And had 270 uh, passing yards, I'm pretty sure. How many touchdowns? It was zero. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In the second whoa, half, he was 3 and 3 and 3 and 3 and Swedish, no finish. How many... Uh, We're not on this. I know where you're yeah, going. We're not on this. Yeah, We're focusing yeah, on your no, Patriots. No, okay, before we move on to the Broncos, I want to say this. We're 6-4. and four. Defensive line. Sorry, offensive line was Swiss cheese today. Yes. Can't complain about mustard on your bread when you got Swiss cheese on your sandal. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Anyway. I like that one. Rip into the Broncos now because I'm for uh, it. No, I'm, like, there's nothing to rip into them yet because they're about to play. They're playing right now. They yeah, just they started. could be four and six, which With is some. less awful than three and six. Ugly you uniforms. Three and seven. What do you mean? Three and seven. Ugly uniforms. That orange and navy and blue is beautiful. It's it's about, I'm going to give it a 70. 7 out of 10. I'd give it, I'd give it 8.5 out of 10. What are we That's rating? That's pretty high. The unis. The unis. Oh, like 2 out of 10. 
That's because he's a chief fan. Yeah, no, exactly. it's not because of you who are the exact same red and white garbage no, since you've been a The only listen, thing listen, I want to say. Listen, listen. The only reason the uniforms are so bad is because they look like the Bobby Boucher water we, blue uniforms. We have two things to mention here before we move on from the What's NFL. It? The Eagles lost in a Monday Night Football game, which we all did not expect. And the Washington Commanders. We, yes. We did not Holy see that coming. But they just won again today. They're nine and one. They're still rolling. Yeah, I don't, but they I won by a point over the Colts. But I don't think I don't think like Colts it's. Are hot. But I also don't think that um, the Eagles have anything to worry about because I think if you keep on winning, when it keeps on like bringing up the question, like how much of a pressure is it to go undefeated? Like I yeah. think that builds a pressure within the team that they well, feel like they have yeah. to go undefeated. So I think losing a game is actually okay. Yeah. Um, but going to nine and one, I think they're back on track now. Now the other thing I have to say is, before the season started, all three of us can sit here and say, and if anyone wants to disagree with this, go ahead. But we probably have it on film that everyone agreed on this. One of the few things we've agreed on that the AFC West was going to be the best division in football. Yes. Now it's pretty it's dog water. The worst division in football. Hey, you still got a good team there. Okay. But from where we had built it up, and everyone, I don't mean yes. this, everyone built oh, it up. 100%. It has to be the biggest letdown in NFL history. Yeah, we even thought the Raiders were going to be good. I thought all four teams were going to be basically like the AFC East. Yeah. All positive records. Yeah. Nah. And the Chargers are not... What we thought we were gonna be, they were gonna no. be like they're they're the second best team in the division, but and you thought Justin Herbert was gonna be NFL MVP? Well, I did. I mean, lie. being second in that division is like uh, I don't even know what it's like, but it ain't an accomplishment at all. You do know what it's like before Patty Mahomes showed up to Kansas City. So don't sit here and say that you don't know what it's like to be. Not yeah, this is my Broncos uniform, yeah. and they have more history in a pinky toe than the Kansas City Chiefs have in the entire franchise. Right, How many elite quarterbacks do you got more coming history. out of there other than a guy who more can't history. even keep his leg straight? Oh my gosh. You're not even going to start with me on elite quarterbacks coming out of Kansas City. John yeah. Elway and Peyton Manning is all you got. Russell Wilson is borderline. Oh my gosh, no. Maybe not playing good right now, but he has... He's given Seahawks audibles, bro. He has more milestone points than Mahomes has yet. Mahomes is going to pass him. It's because the time's been... Oh my gosh. Anyway. I like Go the... back and forth. Come on, come on. Just feed it. Russell Wilson has got like five more years on Mahomes? Exactly. That's, That's the milestone. Mahomes is playing catch-up. And what did Russell Wilson do in the Super Bowl? Jack Diddley. Mahomes won one. Dang it. Wilson's got a ring. Wilson does have a ring. I'll give him that. He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat on that. <laughs> and, and, you know what they both have Because of defensive effort. You How about that? The, you know what? Because you, know what you guys can agree. Oh, that was a good show. They got a Super Bowl L. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because you couldn't beat a 45-year-old Tom Brady. Can I say something? Let's hear it. Both of your quarterbacks have in common that they lost to the GOAT, Tom Brady, in the Super Bowl. Let's just call it what it is. They're both not the greatest of all time. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll take that loss. Yeah, okay. Mr. Good. CFL future. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, also, 
I think, are we done with the NFL? I think we're done with the NFL talk. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd like to move yeah, on. One more spin back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Their, their, uh, their receivers lost them that game against Washington. Not I, I agree with that. Yeah. I just want to give a mention that the uh, 109th Grey Cup will be taking place tonight in Saskatchewan uh, between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah. The Blue Bombers... Uh, you want to talk about a team with history. Sorry. <laughs> the Blue Bombers are looking for a three P. Seven teams in the league. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they're looking for a three P. Guys, I mean, it'd be crazy if they got it done. Ooh. I'm personally cheering for the Toronto Argonauts though to pull out with the victory tonight. I mean, do you guys even name me two players in the Toronto Argonauts? I can't name you those. <laughs> Go Blue Bombers all the way. I can't name any maybe players a, either. Maybe, yeah. The all new. <laughs> Uh, Zach Caleros is their yeah, second quarterback. Yeah, Zach Caleros is their the, second quarterback for the Blue Bombers. That's yeah. all I can Oh, 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 and uh, they have Banks on Toronto, one of their receivers. You can yeah, buy a man. bucket of donuts at the Blue Bomber Stadium, and that's, that's the reason This I'm is like for. the one anyway. sport that I, I don't yeah. watch just because I I enjoy watching the NFL more. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. But, Who's been killing it more? Boston Celtics or Milwaukee Bucks? Bucks. I'm saying Boston. I would have to agree with Grant, I would think. Bucks were the last undefeated team. I got the stats guy on my side. That's a win. Bucks were the last undefeated team in the NBA. (laughs) I yeah, I get that, but how many rings does the uh, Celtics have in the last five years? Here we go. Here we go. The Bucks have one. Why are we talking history right now? The Bucks have one. The Greek, also, did you see the Greek Freaks confrontation after yes. the 76ers game? I was hoping this is where Grant was going with this. Yes, it was pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, it tossed a ladder. Over a ladder. Over a ladder. No, ladder no, but you guys, like, you, guys aren't, you, guys aren't, you guys aren't getting the full okay. story then. Let's hear it. Like, after the game, he went, I think, a 4 for 15 in the game shooting yeah. free throws. Uh, missed 11 of them. So after the game, he wanted to work on his free throws. Understandably so yeah. after losing the game and, you know, missing 11 free points. About ready to hop on a plane, you know, leave on a high note. So, he's doing his post-game stuff and just working out. And Montez Harrell, a bench player, used to be actually pretty good in the NBA. Was um, six man of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, he won six man of the year with the Clippers. Yeah. Um, came out, wasn't having it. Uh, asked um, if he could shoot around. I think Giannis asked him... From what I understood, Giannis asked him if he wanted to partake in the just shoot around or like workout that he was doing, and Montez Harrell said no. Uh, this is Philly. Get out of here. Um, so after a free throw, uh, Harrell grabbed the ball um, and just took it over to the corner and walked away. So Giannis, he wouldn't give Giannis the ball back, and then Giannis came back with another ball, went back to the locker room, got another ball, and then the Philly. Uh, Wells Fargo Center, I think it is what it's called, yeah. the stadium. Yeah. Employees came out and uh, pushed the ladder in front of the uh, net so Giannis couldn't shoot. And, uh, well, Giannis, they had to take camera gear down. Well, Giannis was pretty pissed about that. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean... Do you think Giannis' actions are justified, or do you think yes. they were overreacted? 100%. He had a bad day, a bad game, and he just wanted to get better before he went home. Simply put, basketball's a mindset. And you got to win the mindset before you go to sleep. And that's what he was just trying to do. So when he 
takes his loss, goes to the other side of the court, and there's the ladder. You can see it in the background when he was shooting and talking that the ladder was there. You just got to ask him, hey, could you guys move the ladder? I just need a couple shots. That's it. Five to ten minutes. He did Fun. try to move it once, and then they pushed yeah, it back in front of it, and that's when he threw it. So yeah. I, think, I think his actions were justified. I don't think there was any reason for the Wells Fargo people to be... Yeah. I think it was just like, you're you're on the opposite team, like, get out of here. Yeah. And it's also, you're an employee at the state. you got to get back and let the athletes do their job. You're there for them. Anyway. Really I think you're not wrong on that. Yeah. Um, now, the Toronto Raptors, they've been dealing with some injuries. <laughs> yeah, every game. <laughs> every game. I don't think they've... I don't, have they ever played uh, their full roster this season? Haven't had a healthy lineup yet. I don't think so. Is Jack back from injury no. yet? How long no. is he going to be? Uh, I think another week. Or, yeah, I think he's day-to-day right now. Yeah, actually, because you no, know, he got injured two weeks ago now, I think. Yeah. So a little promotion there from... I heard a day to day. Yeah, congrats. Scotty Barnes is on fire right now too, so you got that. Yeah, and then uh, Fred VanVleet is he out or in right now? He played last night. He played last night. It's yeah. it's a question mark with him right now if he's gonna play or not. Um, it's a tough loss last night. Yes. That was a bad way to go. Yeah, I love the Hawks too, but that was a bad way to go. Yes. Yeah. Point six seconds left on the clock. I'm pretty sure. When it was kind of like a watching long. a uh, punt return first year in the first punt return in the NFL. It was yeah. Kind of like that in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty pretty atrocious. It was a gar- even on a note. It was but like I, like who else was guarding you? Four a, players in the offense. On a room. positive note, the Raptors are in the playoffs and KD. Steph and LeBron are enough of this. It's what they're fifteen games into the season. Nineteen. The Raps yeah. are in the playoffs. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. They're in a playoff spot uh, right now. May spot. I remind you of the date? Literally, uh, what I was just saying. Yeah, we what got a long November twentieth. I'll mark yeah. this. Yeah. Raptors. Oh, I don't doubt that they will make the playoffs. I'm just saying that to say that they're in a playoff spot right now. Standings don't matter right now. Yeah. No. So, well, so you don't think the slow start to the Nets or Lakers or Golden State is affecting I don't think the rest of the season? The, I don't think the start to the Lakers or the Nets season is anything like close to being surprising. The okay. Nets have the most toxic locker room in the NBA. Their entire organization <laughs> screwed the pooch when they signed Durant and Irving. The Lakers are all they so suck would you too. say the Kyrie? I, I wouldn't say Kevin Durant's cost in the Nets, but I'd say Kyrie Irving's kind of. He wants both. Durant wants another trade out of there. He's just everything is wrong in the Nets organization. They can't do anything right. They're just rebuilds. Get out of there. Simmons sucks too. I don't know. <laughs> Tell us how you feel about the Nets. <laughs> I didn't know Nets were that much of a hot button issue for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it's think a bit of a no. I think they, uh, I think they are as well. I think that there's a big, big problem in the NBA with the Nets right now. But I, I still think that the bigger issue is uh, the Lakers' first overall pick, their first round pick this year, is unprotected. It's going to the New Orleans Pelicans. So, um, cheers to Lakers fans because you guys probably are giving up the first overall pick this year. And probably giving up next season too. So. With that note, I think uh, we need to move into our last topic of the day before we introduce our interview with uh, Silly Robbie, uh, comedian, I would say, uh, curler, uh, went to the Briar four times, he's also filling in for play-by-play, when George Matthews, a former guest, isn't doing the role. Um, not much else to say there, but in terms of hockey right now, there's a lot to say. Hunter's Ale House. What? 
Oh, I just forgot to do the ad read last week, so I didn't want to forget. I just thought of it. Hunter's Ale House! Thank you for sponsoring Season 3. Big screens, big meal deals. Get down there for some cold bevs and warm food. Hockey, though. <laughs> that was great. That was great. I, I love the ad reads. Like, you're getting just as good as nasty out there. Bro, I should just like do their radio ad reads. Like, that'd be wicked. <laughs> anyway, in hockey news right now, what is happening? Anyway, I, mean, I think Taylor likes what's going on in hockey right now. Yeah, the Devils are unreal. 12 straight W's. Took down the Leafs the other night. Took down the Sens last night. All thanks to former... Canadians as well. Yeah. All yeah. thanks to former uh, Waterboys guest Ryan Graves. Graves, if you're watching, I'm sure you're not. You're a busy man. <laughs> but keep it up, buddy. We're supporting you here on the island. He is having an unreal season. It kind of yeah. looks like his uh, breakout year with the Colorado Avalanche, where he went plus 40 yeah. that year. Um, you now, know who's not having a great year in the plus minus? Who? Second worst plus minus in the league, Ovi. He's a negative, really? negative 13 on the year. Really? Alex Ovechkin has 17 points and he's a negative 13. Speaking wow. of greats from that era, did you see Sidney Crosby might want to end his career in Montreal? Uh, he's, I don't care about Sidney Crosby. He's a baby. You don't care about Sidney Crosby? No, I, never, I was never a big Crosby fan. I think he's just he's over glorified. Good player. He's really great. So you don't think he's the best player in this generation? Ovi. You don't even think you don't even think for a second between Ovi and Sid. Ovi. Like you there's no debate. Ovi. There's no debate. Ovi. Not Great even eight. not even a conflicting thought. Not even Ovi. when you go to sleep at night. Like maybe Ovi. Sid's got some talent. Ovi. It's Crosby all day. Ovi. You're not it's Crosby. the great ace. It's Crosby. Ovi. It's Crosby. Ovi. Sid the kid. Anyway. The man who couldn't take a, even a tap on the shoulder to get concussed. He had concussion problems. You know, you can't he's the softest for... piece of bread in the NHL. Gretzky didn't take hits and he's the greatest player of all time. Gretzky was in a different era. And he's the GOAT. Okay, yeah, but anyway, he could actually do stuff. I think, personally, that you are crazy for Ovi saying, is Ovi better is than better. Sid. Sid is top three, but Ovi's better than Sid. He made a good point with the Nets talk. Now Ovi won Sid, too. Okay, you know what? That, that, I'm not even going to argue with that because that's just crazy. Honestly, what's crazy about him? What's so, what what because wins Sid's, over... Sid's so much better. Uh, tell me again who's going for the record for most goals all time. Ovi? Yeah. All right. Who has more cups? Cups? Okay. Cup, Hockey is cups, a team no, sport. Cup, it's matter. all about no, who is surrounded cups by it. I'm not saying cups don't matter. But it's also about the team. Hockey's a team game. And just because Sid had a better team around him doesn't mean that he's a better player than Ovi. Ovi got his cup. Ovi's on the pace to potentially... Yes? You think that you Sid think? had amazing teams around him? Sid is great. Sid was the best player on all those teams, but he also had better teams around him than Ovi. You, I don't think so. You also think, I think Crosby's Ovi? top line wasn't as good as what uh, Ovi's top, top line was. I'm, that's why I'm saying team game. It's all around team, not just one line. And you also think Ovi has the slightest chance of catching Crosby in the cup race? No. Mm, yeah, like Washington does not. Co- Ovi's not going to get another cup. You cup? just said Ovi has a chance to catch up. No, I, no, I said the no. scoring race. Yeah, okay. scoring. Like he's okay. got, he's, he's. I think he'll break the scoring record, but that the scoring record doesn't mean as much as winning championships. Individual, no, individual records don't mean as much. I just think Ovi's the better player on the ice. You gotta look at apples too. 
And another thing is, with Sidney Crosby, he's played, I don't know how many less games. I think it's 100 and some less games. And they're tied for the same amount of points. Even Crosby might be pulling ahead now. They were tied the other night when they played each other. Personally, if there's a fantasy draft, though, I'm just I'm just taking Ovi over Crosby. That's just personal opinion. It's like I, it's like I the it's like the Jordan uh, yeah, Lebron yeah, debate. Yeah, like I take Ovi over Crosby. But Jordan and Lebron didn't play at the same time. Sid and Ovi are playing at the same time right now, and like you gotta look at both unbiasedly. Like Sid, I'm not. I don't think he's looking at biasedly, not, but I think that the Sid. I I think Ovi's a great player. I'm not gonna. Discharge that. No, me neither. I'm I'm saying he's goal biased right now. I I think that the individual stats don't matter as much as what the championships matter. Ships matter. Yeah, Pittsburgh has the ships. And he has a con smite. I don't know if he got the second con smite or not. Um, But I do think that. Ovechkin's got a Lindsay. He's got the hired. He's got the con smite. He's got the SP awards. <laughs> SPs don't matter. And ESP doesn't know but, anything about hockey. All those trophies that he has, Sidney Crosby has too. I just listed. He's won them on multiple occasions. He's won the Maurice Rocket Richard at least three times. I know. He's he hasn't like he's he's won he's got a one, cup. Yes. Crosby's got more cups, but just because he's got more cups doesn't make him a better player. Okay, let me say this. You said hockey's a team game. Mm-hmm. Crosby has. Nearly 300 more assists mm-hmm. than Ovi. Mm-hmm. Talk about a team player. Does he make people... Who makes people uh, on the team better? Ovi's the sniper. Crosby's the playmaker then. Okay, but who makes Ovi's people, only a sniper on Ovi. Who makes people better? I think Ovi makes his team better. Crosby no. makes players no, better. No, don't, don't even... You can't... No, no, <sighs> no. What... How are you saying that Ovi makes his team better than what Crosby makes his team? What is Washington without Alexander Ovechkin? Ovi had plenty of apples, too, in his days. They're nothing, but what's Pittsburgh without Sidney Crosby? As we've seen in years past, they've done just fine when he's injured. And did they win cups? I don't know. No, no. They've never won a cup without him. Mm Mm-hmm. So what Sidney Crosby, I personally think, makes players a lot better around him. And gets people... When you're playing with Sidney Crosby, you're a point per game. Ovi's a pretty good guy in the, in the locker room, too. Have you ever seen how he gets him fired up in the, in the tunnel? Crosby's like Captain Serious. That's what you need. If your ship's sinking all the time, you need a good captain, and that's what Sid is. How is Ovi not a good captain if he's got he's got the fun right here inside, too? I'm not saying that he's not a good captain. I just personally think that... I'm not disregarding Ovi whatsoever. Ovi, I want to make it clear, Ovi's a great player. Mm-hmm. But Sid is just the better one. I'm saying two completely different players. But you say hockey's a team game, Sid's a team team player. And Ovi's not? I don't think Stats that. aren't always the most meaningful part of hockey. You were just talking about the goal ranks, bro. Because that's a historic moment. You're just talking season to season assists. These no, aren't season to season, these I'm are career assists. Like in... Okay. Wait, so I'm so lost on what you're arguing then because I don't know either. I'm so tired. Because if you're saying that Ovi is better and he he makes the team better, what how does he make the team better? Other than scoring for the team. If he's minus like I thir- said, just if he's person, minus thirteen this year, what's that's he doing? Because that's this year. What's he doing then? This Washington's year? not good this year. 
And is Pittsburgh? Because he's not making the team. No! Pittsburgh's so, not even in a playoff spot right now either. Exactly. And what's Crosby doing? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, Crosby's over a point per game. Okay. Just like normal. Good for Crosby. So is Ovechkin. But he's minus 13. Crosby's not. I'm pretty sure Crosby's in the positives right now. Well, look it up before Mr. Assumption over here. Stats guy. Sid has 14 more points in his career more than Ovi. 14 more points. No, that's true. I just looked it up on StatHub. Because that's a huge number. Crosby is minus three on the year. He's still negative. You said positive. So, he has eight, or 23 points in 18 Sorry, games five. this year. My math was wrong. Five more career points. Yes, he just passed them. Yeah. They were tied the other night when they played each other. But anyway, I think we need to leave the debate up to the people that watch this because this was pretty heated. I mean... All I'm saying is Crosby's a centerman, and that's a way harder position, too. So What makes it a harder position? You're skating more of the ice, and you're more control on the defensive and offensive zone. Wingers don't do much on the defensive zone besides cover the point. It was statistics to have to back this up. Wingers can be just as defensive as centermen can be. Is Ovechkin as defensive as what Crosby is, though? Let's be Not right now, definitely not. <laughs> exactly. When's the last time Ovi played defense, man? Oh, Ovi can play defense. Fundamental winger. Said, when's the last time? Probably when he was in his 20s. <laughs> Fundamental winger hockey's cover the friggin' point. <laughs> anyway, should we turn this over? Yes, give it to Robbie. <laughs> Time for the bond spiel. Robbie Doherty in three, two, one. <laughs> We're back. Season three, episode 11. Sitting here with uh, Robbie, or better known as Silly Robbie, I guess you can call him that. Oh, yeah. Serious <laughs> Robert. Right <laughs> serious, serious, serious Bob. Drinking out of a Central Park mug. That's right. That's very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. As serious as I get. Yeah. Friends got a free advertising. Yeah, <laughs> dry off my palms here. <laughs> so, break it down. First, we want to go into curling. Sure. Because you are a pretty talented curler. No. I'm just very good at getting in with talented players. <laughs> okay, okay. Right place, right time. <laughs> I, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. Ten years and twenty pounds ago, I was okay, but you know, we're still we're still hanging on for a while. So tell us a little about curling. Like you've you've gone to the Briar four times. Yes. You've gone to Grand Slams four times as well. Yeah. You were I'm big in the junior scene. Yeah. I started curling late. I didn't start growing about okay. 16. 16? Wow, that is... Yeah. I started growing in grade one, so... Well, I look. I uh, took a look in the mirror, and I was wearing a Zeller's Red Wings jersey, <laughs> so I didn't figure my hockey career was going anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, that's house league for all you who's, you know... And I'll be honest, like, hockey was fun, but it was, you know... And I was... It was just hockey. It was something to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always loved curling. I always loved watching it on TV. I was one of the very rare few who understood the game at a young age like under I wouldn't say strategy so much but just how it worked and you know I was able to grasp what was happening in the ends so it was exciting to me where someone who perhaps doesn't know the game it's like, yeah it's not the most exciting no, sport it's hard. the same could be probably said for baseball or football for those who don't know what's happening but yeah. for others it's like the most exciting you know like if yeah. you know my dream afternoon is a you know, August, Saturday, you know, and watching the Jays. So, but, yeah. you know, for my wife, 
she has no idea what's going yeah. on. So, well, that's like you. Anyone who cares for the sport knows that. Like one pitch, you can watch. Man, that broke a lot. Like when you're curling, like look at that one shot. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, for people that don't know, what position did you play? Uh, most of my men's career, I played lead. So that's explains my massive. <laughs> uh, I mean, I played lead too, and you can see I'm not in the same shape as you. So I don't know what, what's going on. I, maybe I didn't sleep hard enough. No. Do you need the extra sleeves in the Hawaiian? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. I had to get the sleeves let out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get some room in there. Out of juniors, briars, we've already listed your resume. What sticks out the most to you? Grand slams. Yeah, yeah. grand what slams. Why is that? I think just for, uh, I'm a, you know, Taylor knows me a little bit perhaps better than you guys, but um, I'm a very, I'm a very uh, unique person. Passionate uh, guy. Passionate guy, yeah. if I like what I'm doing. Yeah. If, you know, Robbie, I always say, I always make a joke, Robbie has two gears. He has, I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best and nothing's going to stop me, or I have, I just could not care less. <laughs> and, Curling is something that, you know, it, it kind of got that next gear mm-hmm. for me. And, um, you know, we're, if you look at the Briar, nothing against the Briar. It's, it's one of the best Canadian traditions, you know, maybe behind the Grey Cup. Um, you know, in similar atmosphere, it's a party, but it's really just the Nationals. So PEI goes every year. Yeah. And if you look around, you know, I would still say the Charlottetown Curling Club, but it's not there anymore. But any curling club, there's probably a few tables who have been to the Briar, or or for ladies, the Scotties, mm-hmm. where the Grand Slam, it's the top 15, 16 in the world. And it's, you got to work your butt off to get in there. Now, we were lucky that um, Adam had just come off a run with Gushu, so he had some CTRS points and uh, order of merit points on the world tour. So we were able to start up little higher in the standings but we worked hard we had to play our way in and travel a lot and you know a lot of money I think uh, yeah. I think our first year our budget was like 48,000 I think we had six in sponsorship starting okay. out we, we were able to pick up more and uh, but at the same time that's that's what makes you want it more because you know yeah. for these big teams Gushu and you know Cooey like you know, they have half a million bucks in the bank before they even touch the ice just through sponsorship, where for us, it's, we have to we have to play well. Or, yeah. But that can also add pressure. Yeah. You know, because we were 23, 24 at the time. You know, we, were, we always, I always called us the Ninja Turtles. So we were just young and fearless and, you know, who cares? Like, we'll never get these years back. We're, yeah. We're here in um, Yorkton, Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's minus 50 out and we're curling on TV. Like, that's pretty cool thing to be part of and uh, you know that's kind of the first time I ever got introduced to the big the big the quote unquote big teams um, my first ever game in a Grand Slam was against Glenn Howard which was really cool um, Glenn and I Glenn is probably one of my closest friends in curling now so it was kind of cool to have that uh, first experience with him and, yeah. and just learn from him and, uh, curling is competitive but it's still the social element is still there Mm-hmm. You know, you go back, you know, you're in the dress or in the tunnel at the Briar. There's still a Red Rocks dressing room and a Yellow Rocks dressing room. But everybody just gets dressed together and talks about it. And, you know, half hour before game time, they, everybody does their own thing. But yeah. it's, you know, it's a it's a very social, social game. And, you know, when you're traveling to small towns across the country all winter, you, you become pretty good friends. So, yeah. so, but I would say the Grand Slams and the Briar was very special, too. And, um 
I can tell you probably you know my favorite memory of the briar that's something that will always stand out to me was and this comes from Taylor you'll laugh at this because anyone who doesn't know I'm actually a big wrestling fan <laughs> I'm a diehard pro wrestling oh fan. and um, you know uh, so my first briar was at the Saddle Dome in Calgary and it was cool because they drove you down the back ramp and you'd get out and go in the back door and then you walk through the hallway and then you see the flames dressing room and all that and, and you get ready and then but I'll never forget it once because you get there and your green shirts and jackets are there and you, you get suited up in your new duds and but then you follow the signs to the ice and I'll never forget the moment because I put I, I took the curtains like back when I walked through and it was yeah. just the briar mm-hmm. it was the briar you know if you're a hockey fan you're playing street hockey when you're six years old um, you know you always there's always that go-to thing where you're, you know this goal is to win the Stanley Cup this, yeah. you know this is shoot out you know big save to win the Stanley Cup well for me it was always you know every time I'd throw rocks with, in, in my basement with croquet balls and croquet mallets or whatever quarters on the kitchen table it was always to win the briar to win the briar and then anyway the first time I kind of took that curtain back so that was pretty cool just you know the first time like knowing that you're there and yeah. it's, it's, this is going to happen. We're here. We're at the Briar. Well, it's like a rookie, right? Yeah. Anytime you get to step on the ice, like you said, you're like, oh my God, I'm in like an NHL. You're in the NHL. Yeah. Yep. So and was that the moment then like, it all sunk in? You're like... Absolutely. And that, and that kind of, what I was going to, brings me to what I was going to say about wrestling is the first time I ever went to a wrestling show was Monday Night Raw, 1997. Hey. Showing my age. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was the same thing. It was a dream come true. I walked in and the ring was there, the big stage. And this really is Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and so it just kind of—it was a very special feeling. But the Briar was cool, but uh, the Grand Slams will always be my first big memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick spin around now. Instant thought, first answer that comes to your head: greatest wrestler of all time. Greatest wrestler of yeah. all time, Ric Flair. Ric Flair, yeah. Nature Boy. Yeah. Give me two claps. Bret <laughs> <laughs> Hitman Hart is also probably the greatest wrestler, but whole package, Ric Flair. There we right go. now, you gotta go, Macho Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like him, but I just about, love the person. What about the warrior? No, ultimate warrior. No, next question. <laughs> <laughs> do you watch any of Charlotte Flair now? The Queen. Yeah, of course I do. There we go. So, all uh, active wrestlers right now, though. Who? Who? Do you... Oh, best Logan Paul right now. <laughs> Logan Paul. <laughs> you know what? He's, he's pretty good. Logan he's, Paul he's, is very. He knows impressive. how to put on a show. I'll give him that much. Like he can, he can definitely promote. And he knows how to get. Oh, he's people. literally built for that scene. Like he oh, couldn't yeah. box worth anything. So you oh, put yeah. him in the WWE, and he's gonna be like the yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, and they yeah they did a great job with him. They gave him a cool outfit. And yeah. I would say if I was my, I think the best wrestler right now on the planet is probably AJ Styles. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm opening a wrestling company and I need a a face, a I'm either going Lesnar. Or Roman Reigns. I would Roman say Reigns, Reigns, yeah, 100%. Right now, right now for me. As a heel. Yeah. <laughs> heel Roman Reigns. Okay, so speaking of a sport that's unscripted, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the moment where it's just for curling. Mm-hmm. When was it just, oh, I wish the gods were on my side for <laughs> Oh, gosh. There's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Something that just didn't go well, you mean? Yeah. I would say, well, there's been... So many of them. Um, there's been a few times in finals where we had some pretty easy shots to win, just cash spiels. 
Um, and, and we would miss. Like, we had a double for four to win a tournament in Halifax. And won't say any names, Casey. <laughs> fired it a bit wide and took out her own. And we gave up a steal and lost that final. But uh, honestly, the curling gods have been pretty good to me. i got to be mm-hmm. honest. And they've been, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they've been pretty good. I've had some heartbreaking moments uh, playing in the club provincials, like the intermediates. Uh, we lost the final there the last couple of years. But uh, you're still leaving the club excuse me, laughing, and good friends. So, honestly, I haven't had that many. Yeah. No, And that's what I'm a big believer, too, in anything I do, whether it's entertainment or curling, that, you know, it's not supposed to be easy. You better be willing to put the work in. Yeah. And the great ones, you know, the great, no matter what you're doing, the best is, are always working harder than you. And yeah. losing is part of sports. If you can't handle losing, you shouldn't be in sports. No, you talked about, like, Howard, Cooey, and Jacobs, guys like that. And you said how you're good friends with Howard. Mm-hmm. Who would you say would be, like, maybe not necessarily the toughest competition you ever faced, but who was, like, just a guy that you, even when you were playing against him, you just couldn't stop watching him? Brad Gushu. Brad Gushu. Brad Gushu, yeah. It, he, did uh, you feel like it didn't matter what he was, or what you left him with, He was there's a chance he's going to make it? Brad Gushu... And don't get me wrong, like, I was not, I was kind of the worst of the best sort of thing. Like, if we were getting the slams, we were in the bottom three teams sort of thing. So, I was outmatched most games anyway, but Brad Gushu was a player where I, there was never a time where I felt like I was outsmarting him. You know, he just always had control when we played him. Never beat him. Never beat Brad. Um, And I also know, you know, got to know him a little bit, and I know what his day looks like. And there's a lot of practice rocks, and there's a lot of gym time, there's a lot of mental training, um, and he's just he's just an impressive human. No matter what he does, he does it very well, mm-hmm. and um, he's just he's somebody who, if I could take you know a junior and say, here's somebody you know you want someone to idolize, yeah. look at Brad Gushin. So yeah. last thing on curling, mm-hmm. I want to bring up Canada, yeah, because. It's quite noticeable that we are falling behind in the curling world. At once, we were the most dominant country, I would say, in the world. Yeah. What do you feel like we are falling behind in as a professional curler, I would say? I think there's a lot of different answers to that. I think the big shift for Canada uh, was when the Olympics, when curling became a full medal sport at the Olympics. That changed the whole way that the game was played, the whole way that teams form the whole way they train. Um, so that's where a lot of the other countries get a lot of their fundings because they want their athletes on the podium. Mm-hmm. Where curling, it was always with the Briar, always with the Scotties, which is fine, but now it's all about the Olympics. So they have teams not just getting together for a year, but it's for four years. Yeah, And that's a lot of time to spend together. And, you know, to keep up, you know, you have to play 20 events. You know, my last year with Casey, we played 22 events. And I think one, zero were in PEI, and one was in the Maritimes. Wow. And I think two in Europe sort of thing, and most were out west. And so you've been around the block. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want to leave you with, you know, the hockey, the curling gods against you. Yeah. So tell us about an upset that you had in your favor. In my favor? Oh, Brad Jacobs. You listening, Brad? <laughs> uh, no, uh, first Grand Slam, uh, first ever TV game. We were against Brad Brad Jacobs in his hometown. And, you know, we, we knew we were the sacrificial lamb out there going out to <laughs> take one for the TV ratings. And hopefully Jacobs beats the snot out of us. And that's the story. But uh, 
we just got off, we took it like a normal game and got off to a good start and got an early lead and just held it and took one, forced them to one, took one. He had a shot for the win. It was a tough one. He got one, went to an extra, and KC had the forefoot to draw to and nailed it. And what and, year uh, was this? It was 2014. That was one of the first national broadcasts, wasn't it? That was our first TV game. Yeah, your yeah first that TV was game. on Sportsnet. Yeah. So that was when Brad Jacobs was. I don't want to say like he's he's declined, but like that was like that was building up the that prime was, Brad Jacobs. Like that was um, the year after he won the gold. Yeah, so yeah. like wow. he was on top of the world then, and yeah. to do that, that must have felt like yeah, we were on top of the world type deal. But at the same time, we were just young and fearless. What, what do we care? We're just going out and throwing rocks. Yeah, we worked hard. You What's know, that feeling too? Like when you can say like I've played a game on Sportsnet. Like, you've been it's, televised on one of the biggest sports broadcasting... Yeah, no, it's cool. Like, it's... Uh, I'll be honest, once the game starts, you don't really notice. No. You try not to swear as much. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Does the mics affect your game? No. No, you don't even notice them. And uh, if, if, if something is going wrong, they'll come out and tell you. It's a little different because, you know, it's, it's a TV show. It's not so much a curling game, so you can't just... You know, the end is over, I play lead, say we score, so we throw first. I can't just go grab a rock and get the end going. Mm-hmm. They have a producer out there with an earpiece counting you down for commercials. Okay. That sort of thing. And um, But honestly, like, so that's, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but that's where I work now is with the Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn that it's, I think there's a little over 100 people on staff at each event. And that's everything from TV crew, truck drivers, um, you know, every from, to the management mm-hmm. team in it, but it's a really tight family. Yeah. So it's it's a really good atmosphere there. And then it's funny since working with the Grand Slams and getting to know everybody really well. I played the Briar in twenty nineteen in Brandon, and they were so funny because they're right there. <laughs> the cameras are right there, oh, yeah. so you know you miss a shot, and the guy behind the camera will go. Nice shot, Darty. Only you know only twenty feet heavy. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or in, in, and uh, at the Briar, when you're done, if, if someone wants to interview you, there's little chits, like pieces of paper yeah. for media requests, and it tells you who wants to interview you and uh, where they're from. And I laughed because I had like four. I was like, who wants to talk to the PEI lead? <laughs> anyway, so I walked into the media room, and I was like, I'm here. And everyone just kind of looked at me and I said, what's going on? And then it, and I checked the sheets, the reporter, Ben Dover, uh. <laughs> Oliver Kolzoff. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, oh, and I walked back out and they were all waiting for me. Uh, I was all put on there by cameramen. And <laughs> rare time where I let my guard down, they got me. Uh, <laughs> last name Janus. First <laughs> name you. <laughs> yeah. So, not your first experience. Well, maybe your first experience with uh, national broadcast, but now it's a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, when did broadcasting really become full effect for you? Well, I've always been an entertainer. That's the thing about me is is no matter what I'm doing, and this is my own theory, excuse me, feel free to disagree, but, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're singing for an audience, you know, for, in my case, it's either adults or kids, um, broadcasting a hockey game, doing the in-venue stuff at the, at the East Link Center, no matter what you're doing, you're entertaining an audience. People paid to come to this event, and they expect to have fun. So... It all comes from that same spot, even though it's a totally different skill. Mm-hmm. You know, singing, um, man, I feel like a woman to you know, <laughs> a power play goal on Max 93. One, um, 
you're still trying to generate that positive emotion. Yeah. People are just dancing and singing along, or your their team scores in overtime to win. It's that emotion that they're looking for. So it's like whether it's hyping Colton up for a good old Cotton Eye Joe dance or on the Grand exactly. Slam of Carolyn. Exactly. People yeah. paid money uh, for something to do that night. And it's it all comes from the same spot. That trying to The big thing I always try to do is really try to recognize who my audience is. Um, what, you know, why did they come here? So if you're, you know, if you're playing at Baba's or the trail side, there's probably a lot of music fans because it's a more of a listening hall where if you're just playing at the old Dublin on a Saturday night... People are just out on a Saturday night and they want to dance and have fun. Mm-hmm. So you got to change. It's just like the delivery, whether uh, if I'm doing the in-venue stuff at the Islanders games, there's a, if you don't know enough to change your delivery, if the Islanders are, you know, your first hit after they score to go up 3-2 late in the yeah. third versus they're getting pounded 7-0, you're not going to do very well. So the audience will always tell you what they want. You just have to learn how to listen. If yeah. that makes sense. You're still getting paid. You yeah. still got to be there. Exactly. When you're getting pounded 7 nothing, It's hard. You know, attendance is a quarter, an eighth full. Yep. What goes through your head? How do you just... Because no one wants keep to be the there. Energy? You know How what? do you just I, keep the energy up? Yeah. I think, look, kind of what I said earlier is that, you know, I have two gears. And when I, when I am hired to entertain, I naturally usually go into that big, you know, that top gear. And um, even though there's, you know, say 1,500 people there, it's 5 nothing. crowds leaving to get the parking, beat the parking, they still pay to get in. And you still have that responsibility to work just as hard for them. And, you know, if Steve, Stevie Gallant, sorry if there is a Stevie Gallant out there, but, <laughs> you know, he brings his six-year-old boy to his first hockey game and... Unfortunately, the boys are, are not on their game that night, and it's not going well. It's That's still a big night for them. And, you know, gas is through the roof. Groceries are through the roof. It's not cheap to do things anymore. And I think that, I, honestly, I feel a lot more pressure on myself when they're losing because, you know, it's, it's, it's they paid to get in, and they still should have a fun time. So, you know, I always change my delivery where if, you know, you look at last year, we had probably the greatest team we've ever had in Charlottetown yep. through the history of hockey here. It was easy because most nights we were, you know, smoking the other team. The fans loved the it. Fans the boys loved us. Into yeah. it. Yeah. And it was just, it was, it was just naturally kind of, I was spoiled. I'll use that word spoiled. Mm-hmm. And then especially late in that playoff run. But at the same time, it's like if you're not, if you don't recognize that you can't that you have to change your delivery, then you're probably not cut out for the entertainment business. People will always tell you what they want. Yeah. Just remember that. They they always will let you know. Because it's so, like Jim Holden has to worry about like what, twenty guys on a bench? You gotta worry about like two to three thousand, maybe even thirty five hundred people in yeah. the Eastling Center on a good night and what their reaction's gonna be like to not only the game but to like how you're gonna be addressing them. Yeah, and but I think that's just a difference in personality, you know. Yeah. Jim only has to worry about 20 people, but it's 20 very skilled hockey players yeah. who are teenagers balancing life and school. I couldn't do that. No. But, you know, Jim Holton, unless he has some hidden talents, I don't know Jim very well, but I don't think Jim would do very well with a microphone in front of 3,000 people <laughs> screaming in a gold suit. So it's just, it's just skill set. And yeah. um, that's 
I don't know why I came out of the womb like this. My parents are very quiet. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just always been a natural when thing did, for me. When did it come full of fact that, like, you know, this was this is what you wanted to do if, if not curling like, at a professional level? Um, well, to answer the curling question, it, it was... It, it's not that I didn't love curling. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't love curling. It, it was fun. You know, I've been all over the world. I've been to every province. You know, competed against the top, which is cool. Curling's a sport where, you, you know, most hockey players are not going to play against Wayne Gretzky. But no. curling, probably will eventually play one of the big teams. And that's always a big memory for a lot of players, yeah. especially younger players. Um, but I wasn't addicted enough to put in the time that it took to be the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I talked about Brad Gushu and his work ethic. Brad Gushu is not addicted to curling. He's addicted to training. And that's what makes him so good. Now, on the other side, in the broadcasting side of it, you know, I will go back and listen to my calls and listen to, you know, whether it's play-by-play or this or that. You know, and all I, I am addicted to it. And then even my music career, like, it's... I never stop working. It's There's always ideas coming in my head mm-hmm. or... You know, something that I think could work, and it's just naturally that's just my passion, and, and uh, I'm lucky enough to be able yeah. to. Well, like you said, you're not addicted necessarily to like training or something. Like, I can I see what you mean there. Yeah. Like, I was never addicted to playing hockey or something like that. But when you say, like, going back to listen to your tapes and go back to listen to everything, like, as like someone who's on the radio or broadcast, like, that's how you get better. Oh, you have to. Yeah. And the, the, the big thing is, you have to. F- I'm a big believer no matter what you're doing, <clears throat> if you're not good at something, find somebody who is. Mm-hmm. And become a friend and learn from them. So I'm lucky enough to have on the play-by-play side George Matthews, who's been awesome to work with me, and we chat on the phone quite a bit. And he sends me texts at the intermissions, and he's just been awesome. And also uh, Ed Milliken, who was uh, executive producer for Hockey Night in Canada for a lot of years, and he produces a lot of our stuff for AUS Sports, which I do the play-by-play for through Universal Media. And Ed is, I mean. You know, he worked for Fox in the States for 10 years. He worked Hockey Night in Canada for over 30 years. Like, his career, you know, he's won four Emmys. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. So, if Ed tells you something or if George tells you something, they're not wrong. (laughs) So, no matter how great you think you are, Mr., you know, four games on the radio, (laughs) you're not. So, listen to them and and trust them. And, and, um, you know, the good thing about PEI is it's a small place, but... If you can find really good mentors to help you in that field that you're looking to do well in, it's easy to ex- access them. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. So what I'm hearing is you date curling, but you'd marry entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you know entertainment was your soulmate? Oh man. Was there one moment? No. No. I just. Um, no. I was just addicted to it. I just started entertaining when I was young. I've just, there's something about uh, just feeling that responsibility of giving people a good time, especially, you know, if they're paying to come see you. Yeah. It's one thing if you're playing at a bar, or, you know, the old Dublin or Peaks or wherever, and they're just there to eat dinner and have some fun. But if you're, you know, a, a festival or a, a um, you know, I did a show at Confed Center last year, or the trail side, they're paying to come see you. So you better put the time in. Mm-hmm. Silly Robbie did pretty good at the Confed Center. Did pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> we got silly. <laughs> so speaking about silly moments, is there any silly moments that you've had in your broadcasting career yet that you would like to share? Like, I mean, like oh gosh, really yes, silly. absolutely. 
Saturday night, I uh, meant to say the word start, and it came out shart. <laughs> Aiden Northcliffe. <laughs> first out But I mean, that's just, that's live entertainment. That's always going to happen. Um, I wouldn't say so. I, my first game I ever did the, uh, was play-by-play uh, play for the Islanders was uh, they were trailing 5 nothing with two minutes left. And it's like, that's a, that's a long two minutes. Yeah. And um, someone made the joke, wow, I've never heard a 5 nothing game so exciting. <laughs> the first time, you're just wrapped up. And, you know, yeah. You know, well, that's Perry being the broadcaster, too, is you're not supposed to, like... No. If the other team's playing great, even if you're the Islanders play-by-play, and give credit to the other team. You have yeah. to talk about it's still a good game for someone. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, too, like, you know, you work for the organization, so you know how important having loyal fans are. Yeah. And, you know... Again, it goes back to what I said. Even though they're losing, it's so easy to just try and mail it in and get get it over with. But you can't. People, you're trying to build that fan base no matter what. And mm-hmm. So you got to be experienced enough to know to change the conversation to something. But it, it, it just goes back to that, um, you know, people paid. P- people are invested in this team. And you learn pretty quick that, uh, you know, entertainment in general is a lot of smoke and mirrors. So, if you know, if you're not... If you know you're not going to nail something, you got to figure out a way to distract them up here so they don't look, wouldn't see what's really going on down there. So, <laughs> you know, there's ways to turn the story, you know, uh, not the outing, you know, Charlottetown was looking for here tonight, but we're back on the ice Friday against Valdor and, you know, talk about the depth they have and how lucky we are to have a great GM and coach like Jim and, and uh, you know, stick with this team because good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've taken up enough of your time, but we just have five short, quick questions for you. Sure. Here in our lightning round. Yeah. Don't worry. They're the easiest questions of the show. Okay. But there is some controversy, so we'll yeah. see where this goes. Okay. Do you Hold. want short answers or long answers? They, they can, Do like, people have given both. Okay. Like, it Run with us. It yeah. can be a yes or no, or it could be, depending on what yeah. Grant wrote, it could be <laughs> Let's a long yeah. Hawaiian shirts or the golden suit? Oh, Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> gold suit is hot. <laughs> gold suit in January, February, March, but the rest of the year. Yes, yes. Yeah. And why? Because uh, it's a lot more comfortable. <laughs> a bit more room for the muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where did you get the gold uh, suit? Muscles. Uh, Joel Ives. Hey, there it's is. Joel nice. Ives, which is, uh, I think the suit is still at Stern's laundromat. <laughs> I was getting dry cleaned. He but, probably got that back in yeah. his heyday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you called it in-venue entertainment, but I just yeah. simply call it hype man. Hype man. So would you rather be the hype man or the play-by-play? Oh, gosh. Depends on the night. I think play-by-play. Yeah? Yeah. I enjoy play-by-play. I, uh, I enjoy finding the stories and talking about the stories. Yeah. Oh, play-by-play, would you rather be actual play-by-play commentator or play-by-play color guy? Uh, no, play-by-play commentator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want to, you know, a lot of people, um, I used to be a recruiter for Holland College, and we had the police academy, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of high school, you know, 16, 17-year-old boys coming up to me saying, I want to be a cop, and, you know, I just, I really wanted to ask them, why do you want to be a cop? Because you know in their mind, it's because yeah. they want to shoot bad guys all day, <laughs> speed, and like, Cops are the chances are, your first couple of years, you're going to be directing traffic at a 5K run. Getting the donuts well, and the coffee. Well, yeah. yeah, and like, it's not what you think. So everyone see, here's play-by-play guy, and they shoot, you know, the, all they think about is scores, and yeah. what a save, and you know, that is part of it. You do get chances, but... 
There's it's 59 like a split other second minutes for once a game. Yeah. There's 50, exactly. There's 59 other minutes that you got to look around and, and uh, you got to be on your game and you got people in your ears the whole time. Like it's it's a totally different skill. But I think I think that I'm a lot better as a hype man. But I'm a lot more addicted to play by play. And I think if I commit to it over the next few years, I'm capable of getting where I want to be. But it'll take it'll take a lot more work. It takes the time, more. yeah. Yeah, and again, going back to George and Ed, having them. Well, yeah, you know, like you said, you don't get to three thousand games in the snap of a finger. No, no, you're in good hands. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm a big big fan of George. Great guy, and Corey oh, too. And Corey, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shocker. <laughs> All right, brings us to our next question: Would you rather do hockey or curling play by play? Hockey. Yeah. Hockey. Just because yeah. the energy. Yeah, I think so, and I think I think. A bit more to go on. I get very frustrated when I watch curling. <laughs> I'm doing the play-by-play for uh, some Canada Games curling coming up, which mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to. Uh, but, uh, no, I would say hockey, because even though I am the play-by-play guy, I still have that natural hype man in me, and, and there's hockey's very fast, and, and uh, there's lots of hits and saves and, and chances, and just... I just like watching hockey. So would you compare curling? Uh, I just want to know. Would you compare curling to golf in terms of play-by-play? Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's that's when I think about curling, like play-by-play. That's exactly where my mind goes to. Like you have to be yeah. kind of quiet. Like, and he's gonna make the shot. He's well, and then it, and set up the shot. The other thing too to add to that is curling, golf, bowling, darts. They're all sports where you have the rock in your hand. Mm-hmm. You have that ball in front of you. You have control. Hockey, you don't know where the puck is. Yeah. Basketball, you don't know where the ball is. Soccer, you don't know where the ball is. So you got to be watching all the time, and, and uh, it has a natural rhythm to it. Where, you know, curling, they're in the hack. And don't get me wrong, there is time where you know Vic Router from TSN does an amazing job. And you know, if they're sweeping one and they have to go, yeah. you know, it's it's Dory, it's you know Stewart. They're sweeping it. Need the button. Need the button. Like there's ways yeah. to put excitement. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and our Play-by-play man Rob Falls, who's been another big ins- uh, uh, inspiration for me. He's worked with me a lot too. He does a lot of CHL hockey for sports, and I used to. And um, you know, they, they no matter what you're doing, you'll find a way mm-hmm. if you're truly committed and you really understand your audience. You'll find a way to make it exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Our last two questions are on atmosphere alone. Yep. Born and raised here. Yep. Which had a better atmosphere, Rocket Games or Islander Games? Oh, Islanders. Not, yeah. even, not even close. No. Okay. I had to know. No. I, not from here. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Just as our viewers are. No. <laughs> Although the Rocket had a better mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just think that uh, the branding and the name, it just suits us a lot better. And the ownership group has really done a great job of bringing a local perspective into it and... and um, you know, there's some smart people around that table and a great oh, yeah. organization and very passionate staff at the Islanders. Jason McClain, best in the business. And, uh, you know, he's really committed to that team. And, uh, no, the, the, the Islanders organization <clears throat> really deserve a lot of credit, I think. And uh, I, I really enjoy doing the games. You get to eat, breathe, and love hockey. Yeah. 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 All right. Speaking of atmosphere, which had a better one? Maybe a throwback here, too. Trade wins or factory? Factory. Really? I'm too young for trade wins. Not that old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although, I will say, July, Saturday night at Peaks, back in the day, that was rocking. Okay. Yeah. So, Peaks or Factory? Peaks. 
Okay. In, yeah. in its I, th- I think it's peak still to this day. Yeah, and they used to have bands. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have a DJ now, but like, there's nothing like it used to. Live music will never not triumph DJs, in my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, that's no. Oh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for good DJs who really yeah. put the time in, but uh, it's yeah, I, I'm with you. Live band for sure. Oh, 100. Yeah. Well, shout out to our sponsor once more. You can catch DJ Method at Factory <laughs> Fridays and Saturdays nights. <laughs> That's actually me. I just go by a yeah. different name. He puts a beard on, throws an earring in. Yeah. <laughs> He's DJ Method now. <laughs> anyway, Johnny, you want to tell the folks where they can find us? I mean, they should know by this point. But they should. In case you don't know, listen to this guy right here. You can find us on YouTube where you're probably watching this. Uh, Wire Boys Podcast. And then on Apple's pod, Apple Podcasts and Holy. Spotify. I took a week off. It's Do rusty. you know? No, apparently I don't know. Instagram underscore or Wireboys underscore media. An official Wireboys podcast. And then Twitter and Facebook as well. And I know that was pretty rough. But you know what? It was a week. It was a week and a half. And just cheers to be back. But that Grant, was as rough as Cardigan Roads. Yeah. Grant, uh, you can send us out here today on this Sunday after or evening. Just uh, a second. Remember what I said? How important preparation is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. What is in that water for his breast? <laughs>